Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. America faces a choice. This is Battleground America. Here's Tara Servatius. Welcome to this edition of the Insane Things Podcast, where we wrap up the most insane things we've seen this week. Things we've never seen before, not in our lifetimes, that'll change the way we live. You think I'd have a hard time doing this podcast every week, but I actually end up leaving most of it on the cutting room floor. Let's get started. Insane thing number one, this will truly change everything about your life. It will create total control by the federal government, and we need to wake the heck up and understand what just happened. Because on Monday, Joe Biden's White House introduced the Joe Biden U.S. Central Bank digital currency. That sounds boring, but let me assure you, it is not. Most Americans have never heard of CBDC, but in the UK they have. They've been a lot more honest with the people there about what they're planning. And a lot of the global CDBC efforts are being coordinated out of the Bank of England. Here's where they were a year ago already admitting, oh, hey, this is programmable currency. It will replace hard currency, no more pounds, in our case, no more dollars. And that means never hiding any transaction from the federal government ever again. You won't be able to. The money reports on itself as it moves and changes hands digitally. But it's even worse. As the Bank of England explained to us back on the 21st of June, 2021, it's pre-programmable. That means your employer who pays you and the government will be able to pre-program it, you know, for social good. So if they don't want you buying a gun, well, good luck with that. Like I said, the Telegraph isn't even hiding it. They interviewed Sandra Rowe. She's the chief executive at Global Blockchain Business Council, who explained the government could program digital currency. For instance, she says, restricting the recipient to buying only essentials such as food with the money. You know, like if they're being canceled for wrong thing or being a domestic terrorist. Do you remember those people are enemies of democracy? Sir John Cunliffe, he's a deputy governor at the Bank of England, which is kind of the international home for the CDBC movement, said digital currencies, and yes, he actually said this, could be programmed for commercial or social purposes. You could think of giving your children pocket money, but programming the money so that it couldn't be used for sweets. There's a whole range of things that money could do. Programmable money, which we can't do with current technology. Janet Yellen, our Stalinist Treasury Secretary, is all on board. She said it's very necessary for the federal government to know of every single transaction. In case you're wondering, by the way, what those 87000 IRS agents and support staff are four. When the current IRS is only 74,000 people strong, this is it. They plan to monitor every single communication. There will be no more secrets. And you need an army for that. You can tell 
by the way, this announcement was written by the White House that they've already effectively built this system. They're just looking for a way to implement it. And the announcement even admits that central bank digital currency does introduce a variety of risks, and it might affect everything, they write, ranging from the stability of the financial system to the protection of sensitive data. Yeah, like everything about you that the government will now know. Now, the good news is that the report that was issued on this by the White House says the U.S. has not decided whether it will pursue a CBDC yet, that the report was just to look at building it out, what it would take, um, and what we would need to do. In other words, the good news is we could still stop it, but like everything else, we need to wake the heck up. This would give them absolute, total, authoritarian, fisted control. Now, with their new army at the IRS, which was clearly designed to implement this, you can pretty much count on that they are determined to get this before Biden is out of office. The fight has to begin now. Or what? What will it look like? Well, remember the highly successful trucker protest in Canada? Yeah, they had gotten most of the provinces to reverse their vaccine mandates until Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau gave us a great example of how CDBC would work when he weaponized the power of the Canadian government targeted protesters and those who supported them. You remember Trudeau's government locking down bank accounts, freezing assets, denying loans, blocking mortgages, and generally confiscating the wealth and incomes of his political opponents without any due process? Yep, that's exactly what CDBC would allow. And it turned the tide of that protest, broke the back of it almost immediately. And guess what? After even I had declared victory before this digital financial onslaught, Trudeau won, completely reversing the tide. It will give them total control. And after seeing Canada, they've been dogged in pursuing it, not just at the national level, but the international level. Insane thing number two. This may seem like a small thing, but it is not. I've told you in the past that the left's goal is nothing short of completely canceling and erasing all vestiges of gender in our society. That way you can raise gender roles in the family and that if we allow them to meet their goals, we don't know that they will accomplish it, but if we allow them to meet what are clearly their goals, it will become a social faux pas, cancelable offense to project your gender through dress, through grammar, through speech, all of it. You don't think they're going there? They showed us this week. It was just one example of many lately. This from the American Political Science Association which demanded that all the bathrooms be genderless for their conference. On the door was a suggestion for anyone using the male bathroom that they should not use the urinals. Why? Because it makes trans men, i.e. women, pretending to be men who don't have the proper equipment yet, feel bad. In other words, it confronts them with reality, and that's something we can't do in America anymore. So what are real men to do? Head for the stalls with the unreal women. Or else. Or else what? Well, that's a microaggression. This is really catching on with the left. One of the most recent expositions of this was in IQ5. It's an online lifestyle magazine popular with the left. And it encourages men to begin peeing sitting down to be more inclusive of trans men. Yes, urinate sitting down. It's better for their bladder, they say. And don't take an aggressive penis stance 
Not sure what that is. Held in hand. It shows that you are secure in your masculinity. Meanwhile, peeing, standing up, is deemed a sign of immaturity. Think they're kidding about this? They're not. And they're starting with your children. Last week, Joe Biden put the directive out about the changes that have to be made in our schools if the poorest of the poor still want federal lunch money. Otherwise, the kid gets it. They're going to starve them. And they don't care. One of the things that Biden is demanding in exchange for the federal lunch money is gender-inclusive or neutral language. In other words, all gender wiped from the language in speech codes used by everybody from staff to management to the cafeteria workers to kids. Insane thing number three. Boy, is this insane. If the Republicans don't take back the House, it'll likely be because the Democrats have already pre-stolen six congressional districts. Wait, they were stolen before the voting began? Uh Uh-huh, by the U.S. Census Bureau. The Census Bureau recently admitted they waited till safely after the primaries when none of this could be reversed. The Census Bureau recently admitted that it overcounted the populations of eight states and undercounted the population of six states. Now, remember what the Census Bureau does, according to the Constitution. They have to do a recount, a census every 10 years, and congressional districts shift from states that are losing population, i.e. blue state hellholes, to red states. So how do you fix that? Well, you commit fraud at the Census Bureau. So they, they wait till after the election, after the primary election. Keep in mind, this count happened in 2020, okay? It's 2022. They wait all the way two years through the primary election to admit, oopsie, and guess what? All but one of the states they overcounted is blue, and all but one of the states they undercounted is red. What does that mean? Florida was cheated out of two additional seats it should have gotten. They're in Democrat areas now. Texas missed out on one red seat. Minnesota and Rhode Island each kept a blue seat they shouldn't have. And Colorado, a blue state, was awarded a new member of the House it didn't deserve. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. And the GOP leadership, who should have caught this? Hey, well, like they are on everything else. But that's not even the most outrageous part. No, the most outrageous part is this headline in the Associated Press on Monday. Some census takers who fudged data didn't get fired. Fudged? What do you mean by fudged? That sounds like the smear a kid's fingers make on my refrigerator. Well, you read down in this, they, quote, falsified information, unquote during the 2020 census count. Of course, it all went one way. These bureaucracies are riddled with Democrats who are weaponized, toxic, and woke. But they were totally fired, right? Well, listen to how widespread this was, this this fraud. 1,400 people participated in it at the census. That's staggering. 1,400? Yeah, and only 300 were fired. The rest are still working there. I'm sure they'll do it again in 2030. Oh, and many of them got bonuses that ranged from 300 to 1600 bucks. 
So not only did they not correct this, not only did they wait until after the voting took place in the primaries to even announce it, and not only did they fix none of what was absolutely criminal fraud, no, 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 they allowed that data to be used to redraw the maps. And most of the people who did it, still in place, still have a job. Now on to insane thing number four. I'll be brief about it because I did a podcast earlier this week. But the fact that the world is now becoming so cavalier about our totally open border, that Venezuela just emptied its prisons of its most hardened criminals and dumped them at the U.S. border. That's according to a report that leaked out of the Department of Homeland Security, which in July, it turns out, was actively trying to spot them as they came over the border. That was a classified report. You were never supposed to find out about it. Did they get through? Breitbart, which broke the story, the source that gave it to them said, uh, yeah, they probably got through because we don't have diplomatic relations right now with Venezuela, so we have no ability to check their criminal database. In other words, we have no freaking clue, and we likely let most of them go if we interdicted them at all. So welcome your new rapist and murderer friends to the United States of America, because yes, they let the most hardened criminals go. Can you blame them? I mean, I'm sure they were expensive to maintain and the Democrats want them here, so. Which leads us to insane thing number four, the weaponization of the justice system. Been on that this week on the Battleground podcast, how every single federal agency is being weaponized. And what you saw the Democrats do this week was demand that anybody who looks bad, because that's the crime, um, be criminally investigated by the DOJ, specifically According to California Democrat Governor Gavin Newsom's letter to the Department of Justice, he wanted Ron DeSantis and Governor Abbott of Texas investigated. They're both Republicans, not mentioned the mayor of El Paso. He has shipped almost exactly as many illegals from El Paso, which is totally overrun, to New York. His name was not included. He's a Democrat. See the problem there? They are beginning to reflexively, because the Republican leadership permits it, they're beginning to reflexively run to federal law enforcement demanding prosecution of anyone who makes them look bad, even if those people are committing the exact same crimes they are. It's terrifying how simple this is for them now, how easy this is for them now, how their answer is not a strategy or an advertising campaign or even a political stunt. It's criminality. It's investigation by law enforcement at the federal level that they control. Our fifth most insane thing, proof of what I've been telling you from Joe Biden's 60 Minutes interview, where he seemed confused, I mean, legitimately confused about inflation. Well, but 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 it's it's not going up. Well, no, it is going up. Inflation, remember, as you hear him say this, is a rate. It's like a 45 mile an hour speed when what you really need is a 20 mile an hour speed in a school zone. You're speeding at 8.2 or 8.5 or 8.3 percent. It doesn't matter. That's still seven to eight times the normal inflationary rate. Now, listen to how casually he lays this out on 60 Minutes. What is he telling us? What I've told you, it has become a right for the Democrats to print two to three trillion dollars extra a year beyond the federal government budget. They already print half of that. What does that mean? 
Well, it'll keep us at a permanent somewhere between 7 and 9% inflation. That has become a right, and it is assumed you will just live with it. That's why Joe Biden gets his feathers ruffled when he's asked about it on 60 Minutes, because everybody around him assumes that Americans will just reconcile themselves to it, get used to it. Mr. President, as you know, last Tuesday, the annual inflation rate came in at 8.3%. The stock market nosedived. People are shocked by their grocery bills. What can you do better and faster? Well, first of all, let's put this in perspective. Inflation rate month to month was just just an inch, hardly at all. You're not arguing that 8.3 is good news. No, I'm not saying it's good news, but it was 8.2 or 8.2 before. I mean, it's not. Maybe I can make it sound like all of a sudden, my God, it went to 8.2 percent. It's it's the highest inflation rate, Mr. President, in 40 years. I got that, but guess what? We are. We're in a position where, for the last several months, it hasn't spiked. It has just barely. It's been basically even. Again, he's talking about a country staying at an inflation rate in the 8% range. That's between seven and eight times higher than what is normal. It's normally about 0.5 to 1.5 would be a little hot. So this is the new normal for them. And he doesn't care that that will outpace wages year after year as Americans get poorer and poorer. He doesn't care that the inflation rate on utility bills in America right now is 33%. Yes, you heard that right. That is Argentinian Weimar Republic level. He doesn't care that the inflation rate on gasoline is 25% or food 13.5 or that the average of those three called the have to basket because you have to buy it to survive is 24% inflation. He doesn't care. But then James Clyburn, who is the number two in Democrat leadership in the House, who really actually is a number two, explained this to us, actually to NPR, way back in March. When he said, we did this on purpose, we knew what would happen. I can't play this audio for you enough. And the key part I'm going to put in here to end the podcast, the American people will get used to it. We'll help the poorest of the poor, but everybody else, they're just going to get used to it. It'll be okay. Take a listen. Them, us getting used to this level of poverty, because it will result in poverty. We will get poor and poor as the years drag on and our wages can't keep up with it. This is the new normal. It's what they intended. Here, I'll let Representative Clyburn explain. First, he admits that when they passed the American Rescue Act, printing $2 trillion, they knew it would cause inflation. They didn't care. Remember, it passed with only Democrat votes. You start uh, putting money out the way we did with the Rescue Act, are you going to fan inflation? It just, that I know. That's elementary. Now listen to Clyburn say pretty much the exact same thing you heard Joe say on 60 Minutes, so what? It's sticking at 8%. We're just going to live with it. It's the new normal. Why do you think this is weird? This is how they talk among themselves. This is part of the plan. And what they figure is the people will just accept it. Here, I'll let Clyburn explain to you, as he did to NPR last year. Here, Clyburn is asked, do you regret this? He says, no. No, the only mistake we made is we didn't better prepare the American people for the economic devastation that we were foisting upon them. All I can say, we may have done a better job preparing people for what was going to take place. But remember, it is a pretty good thing to have something to inflate. But this president's got to worry about those people with nothing to inflate. And we got to take care of them as well. I think that uh, the American people uh, will come around to a better way of thinking about this 
but we've got to do a little better job of helping them. Battleground America with Tara Servatius. Please subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Share with friends, family, and other free thinkers. Thanks for listening. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.